Hi friends, welcome to the Wabi Sabi Pod. This is episode number 147, New Wellness Rules of 2024. So since it's been almost 22 years since I got into food media and wellness, I thought it would be really great to maybe rewrite some of the rules since the space is so crowded and it's sort of the wild, wild west. New year is always a great time to sort of start over and start fresh. And by new rules, I don't mean anything constricting or confined um, and no hard and fast rules. In fact, it is really important for one to recognize that you can do whatever you would like with your life. You don't have to follow any societal norm. You do not have to do what others ask of you. You can find your own path in your own time. And in fact, things will unfold for you exactly how they are supposed to. Even if you are impatient, frustrated, angry, or maybe just downright bored and ready for change. Something new, something fresh. So let me invigorate you today with some thoughts that I think can help us to all learn and grow and be patient and be grateful for the things, the gifts, and the endeavors that are about to come your way. Take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. Sometimes getting that stale old energy, those old thoughts and beliefs and the old air that's inside of you is really good. And I think at the beginning of the year, we can really do that and we can self-proclaim that things are going to get better and we can start over. Now there's a lot of noise out in the world. There is probably more information out in the world than there has ever been before, which can make things very confusing. It can make one on their wellness journey or as a wellness practitioner feel like you actually don't know who to believe anymore or what direction to go. So I've done a lot of uh, deep thinking. And here's the outcome of what I think can help for you to get to the next stage in your life without any cost or money or payment or you know material possession. You don't need to spend any money to be well. Quite the opposite, in fact. So everything that we're going to talk about today is free and it's available to you at any time. Just like my parents' answering machine that they have not changed in 20 years, it says, sorry, we are not available or free or available for your call. But all these things are free and available. Quiet individuals are well. There is never a need to brag or boast or flaunt wealth in wellness. So if you do see individuals doing this, you might want to just remind yourself, tap yourself on the shoulder, be a good gatekeeper. This is not wellness. It has nothing to do with wellness. The bragging, the boasting, and the wealth flaunting can stay in the category of narcissism and maybe um, possibly even low self-esteem, attention-seeking, things like that. And they don't belong in the wellness sphere. 
Wellness is confidence. It means that you are a professional. You have lots of self-respect for yourself. You love your beautiful body and you don't have to show it off to everyone all the time. You don't have to post things every day and you certainly don't have to show your boobs and your butt to everyone. You can leave that to personal texting, maybe Snapchat if that's what you like and no judgment. You know, just keep it tidy, keep it buttoned up. And really trust me on this one, you will thank me later on in life for reminding you to do so. Wellness is also a very personal journey and it will only happen in your own time when you go inward. Wellness is not something that's exterior. You might see people that like to flaunt yoga positions or maybe they're standing in front of a Lamborghini or they're on some yacht, but this is not wellness. We have to remind each other that wellness is really about going inward and being a good person from the inside. Now, since we can't all see the insides of everybody else, we have to remember to go off of the feeling. As Maya Angelou will remind us, she once said, people may not remember what you said or did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. So if somebody is triggering you and not making you feel great, or healthy, or inspired, or fresh, then maybe it is time to be a good gatekeeper and let go of that person or those people. Personal wellness will only happen when you do the work and when you go inward. It has nothing to do with flaunting, showing off, or purchasing marketed products through advertising. Wellness is free and available to everyone at any time. You can read books like Being Peace by Titnot Han or Dr. Wayne Dyer's 21 Days to Find Success and Inner Peace or books like Journey to the Heart by Melanie Beattie. Anyone asking you for money does not pertain to wellness. Anyone asking you to buy their mastermind course is not wellness. True wellness is humility. Wellness is not showing people that you have wealth and that you have lots of exterior motives and that the direction in which you are pursuing your career and business doesn't have anything to really do with wellness. As all true wellness practitioners know, there really isn't a currency exchange that makes perfect sense unless it truly is, say, you bake cakes for a living and you want to celebrate others' celebrations with them. That exchange makes sense. So when you are buying something that is about experience, in my experience, I do believe that going off of wellness experience as in travel, maybe it's on a retreat, or maybe it is connecting with others, like the monks in the mountains that I did for many years. It was simply an exchange of staying at a temple, paying for food, room and board, which essentially pays for their lights, cleaning, water, the essentials of, you know, food that's necessary. 
it was very simple to live with those types of experiences in wellness. I did not see any monks flaunting wealth. I did not see, of co- I mean, of course you hear stories about monks being promiscuous and bad here and there. They drink and they smoke cigarettes. I'm sure they go to the bars. Believe it or not, it's true. It is, I mean, this is the modern day world that we live in. But I've also been to monasteries where monks stayed on the premises and they did follow very strict guidelines and rules. And I've also found that in Japan and Shikoku, Kyoto and Koyasan. And it's not, you know, we're not here to judge other people. I think the new rules in wellness are strictly about writing out the definition of what wellness can be for you so that it is much more free and available. And I think it's important for us to remember what we've learned over the years and what didn't work for us and how we're going to weed those things out. So what doesn't work for me is seeing people well flaunt or or say that they need to buy things to be well or buy someone's mastermind or give them money or subscribe to something of theirs. I don't think it's necessary from personal experience. I also really think that true wellness is humility is a sediment that we need to repeat to ourselves over and over. The more humble the individual, the less wealth flaunting you will see. The more humble the individual, the less you'll see this person needing the validation from others that they are worthy of your attention. I think it is important to remember that some of the most beautiful spiritual practitioners in wellness, in food, in media, as hard as it is to be in the spotlight, you will see some of these people just practice and exude grace by nature because that's how they're wired. They don't really care about the exterior like looks, fame, money, power, beauty. They care about you, the individual, your journey, and they want to share their experiences with you to enhance your life. For instance, my partner's aunt, uh, Dady, has written books on Ani Pacha, the, a, uh, a gal who was in prison by the Chinese during when China took over Tibet. So beyond her will, she was put into prison for many, many years. And what was so cool about Aunt Dady's experience in writing about that was that she wrote a book which I'm sure the publisher paid her money to do so, but she sat and interviewed Ani Pachet for what I believe to be months and years to get her story right, to be able to tell it. So this is one of those even exchanges of experience, right, that we were talking about earlier. So it does make sense to share a spiritual journey, a wellness journey, an experience that helped her to overcome what the Chinese had done to her, so that she could come out of the experience as a better individual. If Aunt Dady never wrote the book, if she didn't get it translated properly and do all the correct editing and manuscript and production of that book, then the story would never be out there and be told. So there are plenty of practitioners out there that practice in good faith all types of business transactions and wellness. So I just want to really start to broaden the line that we should draw in our gatekeeping because the more we talk about it, the more things become really clear to us. And 
I think the wool has been pulled over all of our eyes for 20 years. And I think it's really time to have a, a reawakening in wellness, if you will, or a refresh. Wellness is about grace. When doors close for you, how loving, how kind, and how graceful are you for real? When those doors close, how loving, how kind, and how graceful are you for real in real life? Ask yourself that. Have you been angry? Have you been upset? Have you been frustrated? Have you been a pessimist? All of these things, yes, I have been in my own personal journey. Do they feel good? No, they don't feel good. Because at the end of the day, even in the heat of the moment, maybe something can feel good. But you look back and you say to yourself, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to feel the resentment that I do towards so many individuals. So this means, how do we practice grace for free? A very simple exercise this year that you can do and anyone can do is to get a journal out, to write out the names of those individuals that you are mad at or you resent, to write why you are mad and you resent them, and then to write what part you played in the anger and resentment and frustration towards these individuals or these people, places, or things. It could really be anything. You could be mad about a breakup. You could be mad about a job loss. You could be mad about never getting your dream job. You could be mad about, you know, somebody, I don't know, Shohei Otani getting a $100 million deal or whatever it was. Um, 70 million, excuse me. I'm not mad about that, but I'm saying there could be somebody out in the world that's mad about it. Because money tends to bring out the worst in a lot of individuals and it tends to really make people angry and frustrated. But we need to get a hold of ourselves because we need to realize that in true wellness that money does not play a role in your happiness at all. In fact, you could be happy with virtually nothing living in a shack somewhere in the woods. It's only marketing and advertising that has brainwashed you to believe that you need so much more to be happy when I can guarantee you probably 80, 90, almost 95% maybe of people that are trying to post about their wealth online, whether it be social media or some you know, online stream or website, I don't think all of it is real. And I go back to this quite often when we do deep thoughts on the pod is that I think people inflate and they fake everything these days because there's no police. There's no wild, wild west sheriff. I can be the sheriff one day. That would be fun. Um, but there really isn't. There's no police. So the best thing that you're going to get is just trying to follow those people that reveal the truth, that tell the truth. Um, and you don't want to be a part of a scam or one of those really sad stories of those individuals that sort of let other people down because my sister and my father have both told me in different ways. So my dad taught me that when you're up at the top, there's really only one other place to go. So he kind of always warned me about that. And I kept that note in the back of my head. And my sister has taught me that when somebody is put up on a pedestal, you should be very careful especially if that person knows that they didn't do the work and they didn't play the game fair and they cheated their way or scammed their way to the top and they cheated others and they stole from others and they were not truth tellers. They were 
ultimately just con artists. And there are a lot of wolves and sheep's clothing out there right now. These people really need to be careful. And I'm not warning them in any way. I'm just saying I know what will happen to them is she's saying that when you're on a pedestal that you're going to get a lot of these people if you played this karmatically, if that's even a word, um, karmically wrong, that you're going to get the pedestal kicked out from underneath you. And it can happen so fast to so many individuals that do this. And unfortunately, that's, you know, people that do Ponzi schemes. You'll see all kinds of stories like this on shows like MSNBC's American Greed, or I think there's a hustler culture show on Max that's pretty good. Um, Forgive me, I have not been watching a lot of TV lately, but there are lots of shows that expose these types of people. And you know, you might be following these types of people in general. So just really be weary. And when you're right, when you're rewriting the rules for wellness, it's important for you to count these people out because they've so badly pried their way in, but they don't belong anywhere in the wellness sphere. Like health is wealth. And when you are a healthy, honest, and kind person and you have no expectation of others and you don't ask others of anything and you love out of kindness and grace and you exude humility, all these good things that are not popular anymore, sadly, I'd like to keep making them popular because they make me feel good And it's not because I need to count my karma, but I do believe that if you listen to this pod that you understand what I'm saying is like being a really good person to the core, putting in the work and saying to yourself, you know, 25 years from now, if you can look back and say, you know, I paid my dues. I did diligence. I grew my resume. I did every internship. I worked for free 80% of the time. If you can keep doing the hard work, it does help to pay off in the long run, especially when you play the game right with humility and grace and hard work. It's interesting because we talk about this a lot, especially nowadays in the current climate. And if you watch Taraji P. Henson talk about how um, recently she has very much felt like she is overworked and underpaid. And then there is an interview where she bursts into tears and it, it really touched me because she said something that I think we should all hear. And she said, what am I doing if I'm not making it better for the next generation? And I felt the exact same way. It's almost like we'd be wasting our time working very hard. And she has worked so hard. She is talented beyond award-winning. She is part of an industry that has thrived and so deserving of success and recognition. And yet for somebody at her level to feel that overlooked and underpaid and unworthy, it broke my heart. And every marginalized voice or minority female or male may feel this too at any point in their lives. Like 
all you've done is be good and be gracious and be kind and be loving and hardworking and do the right thing and play the right game and play all the right cards. And when she said, what am I doing if this isn't even going to change for the next generation? And it, it, it was so moving to see somebody at her level speak such truth. And I think we need to hear it much more often. Now, I'm not the person that's going to be able to make the decision makers change, but I hopefully can influence some of you that are casting directors or media heads or network heads or CEOs or casting, you know, in talent acquisition, hiring, you know, please look at experience. It is the greatest resource to getting a professional, to getting somebody who is level-headed, somebody who is kind and gracious, somebody who you will hire and say down the road, I'm so fucking proud that I gave this person that opportunity. Now, I don't speak about this often, but I will say that Jesse Dawes and Aaron Kelly were two bosses that I had very recently, um, and Jasmine Allen from years ago. These three women are superior to most when it comes to professionalism, getting the work done and creating beautiful things and hiring other women along the way. And I really commend people that do that. I have been yelled at on set by other women. I have been cheated on set by other women. I've had other women talk behind my back on my own set. I have had other women try to reuse my work behind my back for their benefit and their gain. And unfortunately, through the years, like this stuff has really stung. But I have kept my my head held high. And ladies and gents, all of this may happen to you along the way too. You will see betrayal. You will see people try to get ahead. You will basically watch people from afar elbow each other to the top. And that's fine because I didn't really want to play that game anyways. Even though I live in New York and I might need to elbow on the subway every now and then, I just wouldn't want to be that type of person in my career. I do say no way more then I say yes, believe it or not. And I think that's another thing that's probably set me apart in the industry. But I want you to think about that this year. I only say no because most projects are not of interest to me or at the level in which I want to perform at. But I will say Aaron and Jesse and Jasmine are some of the very few women that have embraced and empowered and held my hand through the process of like trying to change the game and give more women opportunities so that women like Taraji do not have to feel like they are not worthy after achieving so much greatness. The color of a woman's skin or the way that they look should never determine their pay. And I hope and wish by the time, if I ever am so great, grateful to have, if I am, Sorry, if I'm ever wabi-sabi, if I'm ever so lucky to have children one day, I would hope that by the time I would have a kid, that they would be able to see that the world really is an equal playing field. Because right now there is such a hierarchy that exists, even in the world of wellness, media, publishing, streamers, that it really is dumbfounding 
that we don't promote more of equanimity, which is equality amongst all people, and to treat everyone the same. You never know who will end up being your boss one day, who will end up being a decision maker. People will remember who you are when you work with them. And like I said, keep the Maya Angelou quote close to your heart because people will never forget how you made them feel. Wellness is about cooking at home. It's about learning how to make a decent meal for yourself, your family, and your loved ones. Now, my mother is Japanese. She doesn't often say, oh, I love you. You're beautiful. You're fabulous. Oh, my God. No, this is not something an Asian woman says. She will put food on the table. She will cook for hours every day. She will clean the house. She will take me to school. She took me to singing lessons. She took me to dance class. She took me to soccer. She took me to volleyball. She took me to the beach to go surfing. She was an A-plus mom. Were things perfect? No. Did we fight? Absolutely. And we still do. Mm, You betcha. And uh, the biggest reminder in this is, is that my mother had such high expectations for me. She wasn't a coddler and she wasn't a talker, but she showed me love through her actions, which were cooking, teaching, Every time she dropped me off at soccer practice and every time she picked me up after school. This is showing oyanose omite kowasodatsu, as we say in Japanese. Children learn by watching what their parents do, not by what their parents say. So let's all be better observers here, shall we? Can you pay attention to what these fake wellness people and gurus and fake chefs and weirdo social media people, can we pay attention to what they're doing? It's okay if they want to tell you, oh, I'm so great. I'm this, I'm that. I have all these accolades. Look at all my followers. That's great. But if they can show you without saying a word in so many nonverbals who they truly are, That is something that you should think about. Do they really care about you through their own actions? I put up such a worry about where we're going in wellness, I think, because I want to protect this space as much as I can and also keep Wabi Sabi as a safe space amongst the thousands of fucking garbage podcasts out there. I don't know. Not to be crude, there's a lot of really good ones, too. I happen to listen to some like Huberman Lab or Tim Ferriss. Um, And I watch a lot of Martha Stewart cooking shows, the old stuff. And I read a lot of her old magazines, like from 2006, 2007. I have archives that I've saved. um, And I I sometimes flip back to the good old days. (laughs) But I just often think too to myself about how in this sea of so much, unfortunately, the quality of what we are receiving has actually gotten worse versus better. A lot of the young girls that are barely paid any money to write for a lot of the publications that you guys are reading right now, they're not writing quality content. Sometimes they just regurgitate information from other people and then they put their name in the byline sometimes their quota is 10 stories a day 
Do you really think that that is of quality content? Absolutely not. In certain instances, things that are written in print and in journals and scientific case studies or research, these are done much better because time is taken on the writing and the editing and the fact-checking. So as somebody who has written in the publishing space for two decades, I will also flag this, I suppose, out of concern for the industry as well. With so much information out there, is and are the articles and pieces that you're reading, are they tried and true? Case in point, some weird pink sauce was going around on TikTok, probably the dumbest social media app I've ever seen, and the loudest and the most obnoxious. And I, while I understand it's a resource for work, I often do talk about it on this pod because I want to warn all of you of the dangers of the mental health, the anxiety, the depression, and sometimes worse, suicidal thoughts, eating disorders, etc. These types of things are moved through a vehicle on TikTok and other social channels. I'm, I'm totally aware that this happens on all social media outlets, but you need to be the best gatekeeper for your own heart and mind. And you need to do a better job of taking care of yourself by limiting the time and stop believing everything that you see. Because this weird pink sauce that was going around on TikTok was touted as some sort of health ailment. And in actuality, I believe it was somehow making people sick And this person was like selling it from their home. And there were people on TikTok talking about like eating organs of some kind. And it just got to a point where some of my colleagues and I in the industry had a breakfast together once. And we we just thought this is the dumbing down of America and how stupid are people or desperate or thirsty or lonely or vulnerable? What is going on? And I think the thought process is that so many of our attention spans have gone down to 20 seconds or 10 seconds that you want to fill this quota with endorphins and quick hits. And I can tell you from personal experience, besides cat memes, like and really funny cat videos, I don't find any of it entertaining anymore. I think it's become too toxic for our own good. So be a really good gatekeeper and be gentle on yourself. You can get free endorphins when you work out. You can feel really good after a great night's sleep. You can feel satisfaction after you cook a healthy meal for yourself or your loved ones. And you can even get endorphins from just petting your cat or your dog and hanging out with them at home. And let's not forget when you volunteer or you do a great job at work or you feel really good about being accomplished. Those are things to think about that can help you improve your mental health, your self-confidence, your self-worth. You can say to yourself and affirm, I'm so proud of myself for finishing those applications today. I'm so proud of myself for applying to three jobs today. I'm so proud of myself for going to my workout, for cooking a meal at home, for spending time with my pet, 
for making sure that I went and did my volunteer work. Just make sure that you're a really good gatekeeper and you don't always go back to these apps. If you are addicted to these apps, which I have had gals on my team come to me and admit and they needed help, you're not alone. I do suggest trying to delete the app or take it off of your phone for a while. You will notice immediately that you will feel better. You can turn to a trusted podcast or to books and reading in order to feel better. But the attachment to something like TikTok for endorphins and feeling good or filling time or attention or loneliness or vulnerability or self-esteem issues is very dangerous. And so it is not wellness. It's not part of wellness. The advice given on there is very scary. I don't care if it's from a doctor. I don't care if you think you know this person. You don't know these people. And I highly recommend going back to the old way of doing things and just picking up a book to read. Half the time, I think, these courses that have been sold to you guys over and over and over and over. And since maybe their popularity peaked during the pandemic because everybody was home alone and needed something to do, I still truly believe in my heart that you can get some of the best resources from books still. You can go to the library where books are free. I often go to the bookstore and the library because I love looking at books and figuring out what do I want to read next. And even though I sound like a big geek, I really feel like if you get hooked on the book train and you start gaining more knowledge, I mostly only read nonfiction and lots of biographies. I find the journey of one individual story, especially notable individuals, exhilarating. And I think that once you get hooked on finding a genre that you love, it could be nonfiction, it could be self-help, it could be cooking, it could be baking, it could be culture. Maybe you love comedy. There's so many good comedians that have great books like Trevor Noah, Born a Crime, Joe Coy's Mixed Plate. Um, I'm thinking about maybe checking out Ali Wong or Aziz Ansari's book next because I love comedian stories. But I also think that one should figure out what makes you feel good instead of just being on the apps. Because endorphins don't just come from swiping and staring and having your phone on full blast. Endorphins should come in a healthy way off of technology. Take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. And while we are on the wellness healing and resurgence of this industry, we must also remember that wellness is really being peace and it is not quantitative, meaning that you don't need to tally up anything in wellness. It doesn't matter how many steps you did. It doesn't matter how many books you've read. It doesn't matter how many followers you have or what's on your Apple Watch or, or another tracking device. It's not quantitative. At the end of the day, if you go to heaven, if you see Buddha or Jesus, they're not going to ask you how many steps you took, how many followers you had, or how many books you read. There's probably other things that may be observed. (laughs) Your heart, your character. Did you help others when you had nothing else to give? These are things that are indeed important and they're things to think about. 
Wellness is about learning from those who have decades of personal experience. So that does mean people that I follow, like we speak about all the time in this pod, Dr. Andrew Weil is still one of my favorite wellness practitioners. Alice Waters is another. I love the work of Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I often find teachers in lots of biographies that I've been reading lately. And I think if you like reading comedy or biographies, you might learn a lot about yourself and what you like to read and what's easy reading once you start reading more it does in a strange way become very addicting but it's great because it keeps you off of the phone wellness is about sharing real images real pictures and videos but only periodically it's not about editing or photoshop or distorting your images and videos so that you come off as someone that you are not in real life don't overexpose your life try to keep your life private and be a good gatekeeper to your own world. Wellness is about being kind to others. I can't count how many times I've met mean, nasty, rude, conniving, calculated people in media. Maybe not as many as you would suspect, which is actually really good. But there are some pretty nasty people out there, and I know you guys know. So just be kind. It really does go so much further than you would think. Wellness is about being off of your devices. It's who you are in real life, who you are as a person for real, not a persona. And certainly it's not about a numbers game. Wellness is about being free. It's about doing you, not giving a F about what everybody else is doing and following and pursuing your dreams no matter how hard or how unattainable they seem or feel. Dr. Wayne Dyer says, take a moment right now and point to yourself. Your finger is likely to be pointing at your heart, not at your brain, but at your heart. This is who you are. The constant beating of your heart in and out in and out is a symbol of your infinite connection to the always present heartbeat of God or the universal intelligence. Your left brain calculates, figures things out, analyzes, and comes up with the most logical choices for you. It thinks and thinks and thinks. Your right brain experiences that intuitive side. That's the part of you that goes beyond reason and analysis. It's the part of you that feels things, that's sensitive to love, that's emotional about what's important to you. Cats, obviously. Your right brain allows you to tear up as you hold your babies or bask in the beauty of a glorious day. Your left brain can analyze it, but your right brain lets you feel it. And he continues to say, pick a situation and ask yourself if what you know or what you feel is important to you, Generally, what you'll take care of first depends on the situation and circumstances that you're in. Your intellect can be figuring out exactly how you're supposed to act in a relationship when things are collapsing or when they're rapturous. 
And then there are times when you feel and you supersede what you know. And if you are feeling fearful, scared, lonely, or on the other hand, thrilled, loving, and ecstatic, these will be the dominant forces you'll act upon. These are the times when your right brain is right. Your right brain will always lead you passionately to your purpose. Now, I know sometimes you think about the things that you want to do with your life and how scary they are and how unattainable they feel. And you have these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. What if I fail? What if it fails? That is probably the biggest fear that we all have and we all share as a common denominator. So this is something for us to think about and we can work through together over the next few weeks. I honestly used to be very afraid of what other people would think about me if I exposed that I worked in cat rescue and animal rescue. I know there is a stigma around cats and I'm always trying to break that stigma because they're just like dogs. They're very similar. And in fact, our country just doesn't seem to love on them as much or the problem is just too dire and there aren't enough individuals or there isn't enough funding or awareness or education around how we can help. But the reason why you saw me dive in since I moved back to New York was because I sat around thinking, I can help. I don't have a whole lot of work going on right now. I know that this is a hard time but I'm just going to help because I love them so much. These little creatures, they need me and they need my support. And it sounded so silly at the time. But now looking back at almost over a year of doing the work like hardcore in New York, and I don't regret anything. The only thing I regret is not doing it sooner. And so I think if you guys find a place in your heart of passion and letting go of the fear and the stigma of what other people might think about you. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I have a partner I love. I have a cat I love. And I have an apartment I really love in Brooklyn. I'm not rich. I'm not married. I don't have kids. And I love my life. And I want you to all have that deep love and gratitude and fortitude with your own life without holding on to what society wants for you or those material things. I think it is so important to work past the fear of what others may think, especially if you fail, because nothing actually in this world would be considered failure. You will always continuously learn Kaizen in Japanese. You will always continuously improve Kaizen in Japanese. You will continuously move forward with your life and find different ways that you can say, fuck what other people think. I'm going to do what I want to do. And in the interim, I help dogs, we help bunnies, we help, you know, all sorts of different creatures along the way. And I've met some wonderful people too. So don't be afraid of going after what you truly want in this life. Dr. Wayne Dyer also repeats releasing your attachments because we know that true wellness, and this is Candace talking now, true wellness is patience. It is in letting go of expectations. As hard as this one is, it is very important for you to practice. Let go of attachment because it is what leads to your suffering. And Dr. Wayne Dyer continues to say, your attachments are the source of all of your problems. 
the need to be right, the need to possess someone or something to win at all costs, to be viewed by others as superior. These are all attachments. See exactly what we were talking about. I always wanted to be viewed in a certain way by certain people. And I said to myself this last year, I don't care anymore. I really don't. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be loving and kind the best I can be. I can do the best work I can possibly do. I don't have to put my focus on material things or what others want. I can live my own life freely and openly for myself. And I can let go of these ideas and expectations and constantly being let down by other people. It has always felt that way, but when you give 150%, you cannot have expectations of others because everybody at the end of the day is really trying their best. Dr. Wayne Dyer goes on to say, the open mind resists all attachments and consequently experiences inner peace and success. The open mind resists these attachments and consequently experiences inner peace and success. If you think peaceful thoughts, you'll feel peaceful emotions. And that's what you'll bring to every life situation. If you're attached to being right or absolutely need something in order to be at peace or to be successful, you'll live a life of striving yet never arriving. He goes on to say, to release attachments, you have to make a shift in how you view yourself. If your primary identification is with your body and your possessions, your ego is the dominant force in your life. If you can tame your ego sufficiently, you'll call upon your spirit to be the guiding force in your life. As a spiritual being, you can observe your body and be compassionate. Be a witness to your own existence. Your spiritual aspect sees the folly of attachments because your spiritual self is an infinite soul. Nothing can make you happy or successful. Nothing can make you happy or successful. These are inner constructs that you bring to your world rather than what you receive from it. However, releasing your attachment, especially to possessions, is not easy in this consumer-oriented world in which you are bombarded by advertising and then continually exhorting you. They're asking you, exhorting you to buy bigger, better, more. The first step in transcending such messages is to become aware of what's going on, realize that you don't really need anything else in order to be happy. So you can remember this as Dr. Wayne Dyer says, nothing can make me happy. Happiness is what I bring to life, not what I purchase. So that goes on to what we have said in these new rules of wellness, Candace here. Dr. Wayne Dyer is like my spiritual guide um i feel like i have these like random conversations with him even though he has rest in peace since past his work is a lasting legacy because it makes so much sense there's no need to rewrite the rules in wellness 
but rather just re-remind you. I'm here to remind you of the rules in wellness. Because when work is so prolific that it stands the test of time, like so many of my favorite books, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, these books are, are meant to last a lifetime because they are so well done and they are universal and they pertain to so much life. And while there is so much misinformation, information, and an overload of people calling and touting themselves as experts in their field or people that you need to follow or be like or emulate, I find it distasteful and almost leaving a bad taste in my mouth, no pun intended, but just saying I find it to be strange It's not that there's a limitation or a cap on those who should be sharing and creating. It's just that there are so many that tell the truth, do it the right way, cut their teeth on the line, and pay their dues. There are so few that do that nowadays. That a gal, Zoe, on my team had said to me that she had really wanted to find what her career path would be very soon after college. And I said to her yesterday while we were making our 52nd cat shelter together in New York, because it is so cold, I said, you know, you got to figure it out through experience, The more experiences you have, even as an intern for free, the more you'll learn about yourself. And the better the people are that you surround yourself with early on, the better person you're going to become. So I was really lucky to have Pam Krause and Cynthia Sestito and Karen Rinaldi and really great women again surround me and uplift me while I was in my 20s. I met Cynthia when I was 22 on Top Chef and that woman carried me through cooking for notable people and learning and schlepping and, you know, just doing total grunt work. And I never forgot being an assistant for my friend Natasha either. Like I told you guys before, I, I would be other people's assistants even after you saw me judging on Iron Chef or on Top Chef. Like it didn't matter. What mattered was there was... No ceiling and no floor to what I wanted to do with my life and my career. So my best advice to Zoe and anyone searching for that passion in life is that every time you take a job and you volunteer or you intern or you take a low-paying entry-level job, you will learn. It is far better to get life experience and build your resume than it is to just keep putting garbage out there online. It is better for you to gain experience and momentum and to work with really fine people that work with integrity and grace than it is to keep over posting and over sharing. And I think that some of these families and people that have gotten this weird fame over the years and and quick wealth, I'm not quite sure that they played the game the right way. They probably cut the line is the easiest way for me to say it. It's like a cyclist, you know, juicing and taking steroids to get to the Tour de France. 
at one point, apparently it was, everybody was doing it. And nowadays, I'm not really sure if that's still the case, but just because everybody else is faking it and pretending and trying to rewrite the rules of wellness and telling you how fucking fabulous they are, doesn't mean you have to join, doesn't mean you have to be a part of it. I've never really felt ever good about playing a fake game. So I really encourage you guys to take a deep look inside of what really true wellness is this year and to practice like more of being a good person and getting back to people on time and working with integrity, doing things the right way the first time, getting life experience, getting a good job, getting a low paid job just to learn. You know, there are lots of cool people I'm friends with that were assistants to people that were huge news anchors and journalists or authors or, you know, even public figures. And you can learn a lot in those fast paced environments. You know, get out there and do the fucking grind, man. You guys will find it exhilarating. There is nothing exciting to me at this point in my life about moving to a boring part of the country or world and just schlepping because the rent is fucking cheap. Nothing. I would rather bleed out all my money in a place in a city that gives me so much growth, learning, basically a master's degree in business. I would much rather cut my teeth in New York, learning as much as I can in the real world. But also being kind, hardworking, and full of integrity. Is that hard or a tall order? Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that amazing women, like all the ones I mentioned today, doesn't mean that they don't exist. They're called unicorns. I just keep that in mind. Who cares about those businesses that raise a bunch of money and become unicorns? Like, I'm talking about the real women in this world that know exactly who they are. Well, next week, the 24th, I'll be back on the Today Show. I love, like I was saying, my amazing producer there, KR. (laughs) I'm waiting for my assignment, which is all fun for me to share with you guys that sometimes I don't know what I'm cooking yet. Um, until last minute. So it's a great challenge for me to learn and grow and shift my sales along the way. And it's also great practice for me to practice what I preach, which is letting go of attachment to need to know what I'm doing right away. I feel that at 41, I'm good enough to learn and grow and be fast and professional at what I do and make better choices. So my greatest gift to you this year is that we're going to learn and grow a lot together in 2024. Always telling the truth, letting you grow, having your mind shaped in a different way, learning about different things so that you can be a better person. And hopefully we can develop and grow together. But yeah, you guys watch out for all those fakey wellness people. There's a lot of weird stuff going on out there right now. And I am like pink sauce shit. No thanks. And like, I think this man was like teaching people how to eat like raw organs or something. Okay. How about a big no? Mm-mm. What the heck? Anyways, here's where we would cue in that music where I say bye to you guys 30 times before we get out on the fade. But I didn't even have time for that lately. So (laughs) I love you guys. And here's where you're going to get. You're going to get my my mallet here. 
for the closeout, the Buddhist way, and have a beautiful and fabulous week. Happy Martin Luther King Day. I hope you're celebrating what an amazing individual he was and keep praying for that equality and equanimity for all. Have a beautiful week. Thank you so much.